I'm the Mike Green of the situation. I also like to say I'm the I'm the Garrett Cole. Juan is the the Luke Voigt. If anyone knows who Luke Voigt is, Juan Voigt is a linebacker <laughs> playing baseball. And, uh, and if you could imagine the situation, uh, I, I'm the Garrett Cole. I, I, I'm freshly shaven. And then Juan is over there uh, talking to Zion with no sleeves. I don't know what happened to his sleeves. They're gone. They, I don't fit in them. Don't fit in them. Yeah, you don't need sleeves for design, apparently. I was going to say welcome back to the Design Dads podcast, but this is the first episode. So there's there has been no opportunity to welcome you back. So welcome. Uh, this is a, a pilot episode. And I, I'm Davey Fung. Uh, we have our uh, color commentator here, uh, Juan Sichon. How are you doing, Juan? Good, good. How are you? I, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, in our busy uh, parent, parenting and work schedule uh, to finally fit this in. But I think it's uh, apropos for the situations we are in and some of the topics that we're going to talk about. And this podcast uh, really had sort of uh, stemmed from... Uh, me meeting Juan in person after not seeing uh, him. Uh, he, he was my former manager at Disney streaming uh, mentor, but then also a uh, New York sports fanatic. So uh, we would uh, always talk sports, uh, talk product design, but then also um, we had uh, kids around the same time. So uh, that's something that uh, we, we've bonded uh, on and really wanted to really capture the essence of uh, how it's been being a working professional working at uh, our large, ginormous company. So uh, Juan, I'll let you give a, a little bit of an intro about uh, what you've been up to. And uh, yeah, we'll go, we'll go from there. All right. Thank you, Davey. As uh, Davey mentioned earlier, my name is Juan Sichon. Uh, I'm a UX designer uh, currently at YouTube. Um, I just recently led the team to launch NFL Sunday Ticket. Uh, within YouTube TV and YouTube, which was a, a very exciting, grueling, but also really fun uh, process uh, and uh, amazing to see how we were able to pull it off at YouTube. So very exciting uh, project, um, but there's still a lot of work to do. As Davey also mentioned earlier, I had uh, the pleasure of working with Davey at Disney Streaming Services and we're able to form a connection because of his uh, love for sports, his ability to be a really great designer. And we both became dads at roughly the same time. So we were able to share diaper changing stories. We were able to share lack of sleep stories, but also how we were able to, or what are ways that we can continue to be really involved in our careers when a second job essentially exist as soon as we get home. So I'm really excited about this podcast and hopefully uh, it helps other designers out there, whether you're a parent or not. Uh, think about how to manage your time, still be very involved in your career, even if you have other life things that are uh, necessary for you to tackle. Yeah, I'm, I'm Davey Fung. Uh, I have uh, another podcast called Design System Office Hours Podcast. Uh, I Surprise, surprise. I love design systems so much. There's a podcast on that. And uh, I yeah, previously worked with Juan uh, as one. Of, I, I, I hate to use this term because it, it's sort of like a little bit like, like uh, shooting smoke, but uh, founding designer. I was one of the first five designers with Juan working on Disney Plus, whatever the whatever the F founding means. But one of the first folks there and 
uh, now uh, I am a product designer uh, leading design business design systems at, at Meta. So uh, two uh, ginormous companies, right? Uh, Meta and Google, both uh, focused on uh, selling you, selling you things, both with very large uh, design teams and, and product design teams. And just to give you a little bit of background in terms of like uh, how, how I started uh, my specific role is like I've uh, previously had wanted to work at Meta for a, a long time. And even like when I lived um, in in the Bay Area right now, I live in the, the, the Sacramento area. Uh, I've always wanted to work there, uh, but there is the hurdle of going into the office, right? So any uh, unless you work uh, in San Francisco, which was extremely rare, there was this um, time time management crunch with uh, having to commute to Menlo Park or somewhere in the peninsula. So I never had the chance to work there until uh, COVID uh, had had come and some roles had opened up remote. I think Google is the same. I, I've always, and, and I will still uh, want to work at, I still uh, would like the opportunity to work at Google, but I think uh, given the where where we're sitting now, like I, I don't know if I'd be able to to do that. And I think you had, you had joined Juan, I think before, I guess right, right around, COVID time too, correct? Yeah. I, my first set of interviews at Google was exactly the right time when everybody went home. Uh, it was around March, 2021. My phone screens, my interviews was everybody trying to figure out how to turn on video chat, how, how to get their mics to work at home. There were kids screaming in the backgrounds, uh, both in my household and also um, my interviewers' households. Uh, so we were all trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, once we all got down to talking about design and, and careers and our goals, it became, uh, it, it settled down because that's when we got into our comfort zone of just talking about what we want to do and what we would like to accomplish. Yeah, I will, I will add, I think, for product designers like ourselves um, that are, Really driven by by growth and growing not only ourselves and, and our career, but also growing ourselves as as parents. Um, I feel like there's this dual responsibility, and uh, there's you know it's certainly fine to be able to uh, go and do do good work and really excel doing doing what you want to do. But I feel like both both you and I want want to really push push that boundary and really try to maintain a, a lot of like the. Uh, I would say the drive for learning and uh, whether it's like one thing that I remember, like when we were uh, getting together, when, when we first had kids was like learning how to prototype, for instance, and you, you had gotten really into uh, learning Swift. And then I think the last time we had talked about this uh, prior to starting the podcast, we had both talked about uh, getting really excited about getting uh, new M1 laptops Uh, myself myself. for for podcasting and editing uh, audio, but then for you to uh, do uh, noodle around with Midjourney and other AI, correct? Yeah. Uh, as with a lot of designers out there, I think we're all trying to make sense of Gen AI, what we're going to do with it. Is it going to take over our jobs? How can we control it? How can we use it to actually make our lives easier? As designers, I think our curiosity and our yearning to play in the craft while most of us are figuring out leadership and management uh, duties as well um, is something that is a constant challenge. And I think that's what excites me about going into work every day is figuring out how can I contribute knowing uh, what I know, uh, but also learning from others, knowing that from their perspectives and their livelihood. But even with the career side, 
parenting has always given me something new to learn because my child constantly is learning something every single day. And to me, it's given me a perspective that the perspective of from a child's eyes where they're seeing things, sometimes they're completely new and they may be afraid or they may be naive and just go straight into the the highest slide in the playground and not know about their safety. And it's really fascinating to me how I'm able to see that uh, for my for my kid. Whereas I, when I was a kid, I remembered I was always the one getting dirty, falling off slides, falling off trees. And I think that's really important uh, to tie back into design is how do we kind of continue our curiosity? Even when we feel like we've learned so much and experienced so much in our uh, in our work lives, in our career, now I think about every day how I'm learning something new as a parent. And I'm also, my kid is also learning something new as a child. And then as a designer, how do I continue to keep learning and, and, and apply that to where I know my curiosity will never really stop? I think the, a big takeaway, a big takeaway for me is new areas of joy that I have not uh, found or I've not found in, in quite a long time. So I believe the last time I saw you, Juan, uh, you came to visit me and we met at a, at a park. And uh, where I am, uh, without disclosing exactly where I'm, there's uh, a lot of a lot of effing parks. So there's uh, over, I believe we have over 100 city parks. So uh, a good journey uh, and a, a good app idea for a dad would be to create a passport for the parks and uh, really try to offer up like what parks are best for what. But I, I always find joy in... And as as our kids to develop uh, their their toddlers uh, develop uh, better communication skills, having a conversation with them about what they might want to do or where they might want to go, why they want to go go there, etc. And it's the I, I sort of think of the uh, the joke that's a, a little bit of an extreme is uh, sometimes our kids may ask us like what we do. Uh, I'm not going to go into the minutia of explaining what uh, design tokens is at the moment. But maybe I will. And then maybe they'll ask, well, why is it important to have a property and value pair? Why? Why do you use a computer for, for your job? Why can't you just draw this? But soon, someday, we'll, we know we'll go into that. And I'm sure we'll have a podcast episode about uh, communicating design to uh, children. Yeah. I, you know, as part of design strategy, you're always encouraged and from our leaders to always think about why. But lately, my kid has really got into asking why. He'll ask, why are you going into the office today? Or why are you working from home today? Uh, Why are you watching football on your computer? And I need to explain to him that this is my job and that I had to go. And a few months ago, actually not even, a couple of months ago, I I said to my kid that I'm going to go to work today. And he asked why. I said, well, I, I need to go to work so that I can buy you toys. And he said, I don't want toys. I just want you to stay home with me and play. And that to me made my heart really sink because to our kids, they see us going to work as us leaving them or dropping them off at daycare. Um, but for us, we see work as being a, a big part of our our lives and what kind of value we think we bring to the world, how we support our families and our friends. friends. Um, 
to me, that was another one where my kid reminded me that uh, my first job and my most important job is to be there for him, to be there for my partner. And I could be fired from my job at any time, but I, I can't be fired from being a dad and being there for him. So that helps remind me of the principles of being a dad versus what uh, being a career is. Oh, yeah, your partner could fire you, but then your partner would have to quickly uh, backfill you and and then probably reconsider just a uh, uh, stepping stepping away from the, the firing. Yeah, I, I've definitely been uh, uh, threatened to be fired, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm still standing, you know, because uh, uh, I'm meeting expectations, I, I'd like to say, in my daily full-time job as a parent. And, and that's that's what I try to... Um, jokingly continue to be and like the i think just jokingly talking about performance it's difficult right it's um there there's constant learning opportunities for us as parents and we mentioned speaking to children as one but then also just uh expressing that like i think this is a great way to segue into going uh, into an office versus going to your office which you may be sitting in so i i have the luxury to to be uh fully remote there's not that many Metamates, I think at, at this point that are um, remote, there's, I think there's many more that are hybrid now, but uh, there's still quite a few of us that are fully remote. And my day to day is uh, wrapped around going uh, upstairs into my office. So then when I say to my son, like, I need to go upstairs to the office, like he'll say something like, oh yeah, so you could buy me more monster trucks. I was like, yeah, I, I suppose that's like an outcome of that. But then uh, we also have to pay for, you know, going, going on vacation or we have to uh, make sure that we pay for and and supply us with like food and nutrients or this house that that we're in like everything sort of stems around uh like the the willingness for us to uh, go out and and do these do these things to pro- provide but um yeah i work remote uh it's been i, I think it's been great it's uh, been uh, especially great being being at home and then being able to pop down during breaks and see uh, see our children grow and uh, pick up something new. I, I would say for me, it would be difficult to split that off and go uh, in office unless there was some place in like, you know, a midtown Sacramento that I could, that I could pop into. But it's certainly been way different when I've had to uh, go into the office for like on sites and such. Um, how do you feel as a hybrid worker working from home versus like working in person? Yeah, great question. Throughout my career, I've worked at companies uh, such as ESPN and CBS, where being in the office meant a lot because you were there around the journalists, you were there around the video production crew. Working in digital space, yes, we can do our work at home, but a a lot of our cross-functional partners were in the office because they needed to be. You can't just bring an entire studio home, even though the pandemic proved that we're media companies were able to make it work. But the spirit of being in uh, the same room as the writers and the designers and the engineers, especially during uh, areas of really uh, high velocity and wanting to make decisions very quickly, the notion was that that could only be done in the office. And the pandemic changed that. And I saw a lot of leaders in the space, not just within UX, but also product and engineering, shifted their minds where they saw that there's the levels of productivity that can be done at home. You're able to take meetings back to back without worrying about that 10 minutes in between of trying to walk from one meeting room to another. 
And, and of course, as anyone knows, in a comp- if you work in an office building, you pretty much have to kick out the people that are in that meeting room where they're still running over uh, one to five minutes after they're supposed to be because, and you need to knock on the door and, and kick them out. Um, for me, uh, there's still a big part of me that enjoys going to, into the office, mainly because it helps me establish a sort of routine in my day. Um, when I'm not in the office, I don't put on uh, going out clothes. I, I stay in my sweatpants. I stay in a regular T-shirt. Uh, I don't put on any shoes. Um, and I have my coffee and breakfast with what I have at home. During the pandemic, I actually moved to an area where I couldn't walk to a coffee shop anymore. You needed to drive somewhere in order to get coffee. So I actually had to learn how to make my own uh, favorite espresso drinks so that I can uh, get my caffeine fix and feel like I'm actually getting my usual breakfast that I I would when I was commuting uh, before the pandemic. But now I'm in a hybrid role where I'm I have to figure out the night before if meetings that I have at the 8 a.m. time slot are something that I can take from home or if I need to adjust my commuting time to even earlier. Because as a parent, commuting to me means that I also have to help my my kid get ready in the morning. I need to help uh, my partner get, get their lunch ready, uh, put clothes on my kid, uh, and, and drive them to school. Uh, so that is a different than before I was, before I was a parent, I was basically just try to get onto, um, either my car or if I lived in an area that had public transportation, I'd be riding the bus or the subway. I only had to think about myself uh, back then, but now that extra 30 minutes to an hour of helping get my kid to school is normally th- thing times when I would be checking email in the morning. There's no way I'm not going to take my kid to school. So that is that is a block of time every morning that I know I have to dedicate to my to my family and to my my kid. So that factors into my uh, in office days where I will get into the office at, at a reasonable time and get ready for my meetings. What I do enjoy about going into the office is I make sure I get as much bacon and eggs from the cafeteria as possible. Um, I typically didn't like making bacon at home because it's very oily and it makes a mess and then you got to clean up all the stuff. But when I go into the cafeteria in the office, it's right there. It's hot, it's crispy. And then I get to eat it. I get to have my coffee. Usually I have croissants as well. So I get my full breakfast and then I get a full lunch. So I get, I use, I use the food as a way for me to be motivated to go into the office. Uh, now, whether or not I use the gyms to be motivated, that's a separate question. And that's still something I'm trying to figure out. But the eating part is what's helping getting me to the office. Um, uh, and in addition, just being able to see people in the office and in, in the hallways and the ability to chat and influence and strategize in those two minute walks in between meetings with my colleagues is pretty powerful compared to the need to set 15 minute or 30 minute video chats in people's schedules. So I like that portion of it. So overall, I'm trying to find the the best of both worlds and balance uh, for me and for also for the company. Yeah, I think the you're, you're the uh, leadership's dream, right? Uh, the, that's interested in 
uh, those uh, those specific vectors of like an office work. And I do enjoy like when I do go uh, eating eating double time, drinking double time. I think the the big takeaway for me is Juan's typically worked a lot in um, teams that are co-located uh, and and are all in uh, in one place. So for for Disney Plus, for example, we were all for the most part in, in San Francisco. And uh, when you were on uh, ESPN, obviously everyone was in um, Connecticut. And it sounds like for uh, uh, Sunday Ticket and YouTube, for the most part, everyone's in the, the Bay Area. And I think this is where I, it might be a little different depending on uh, job job roles as well. So like working in design systems, we are not necessarily tied to one specific product so it's not uh that we're just supporting a youtube we could be supporting a youtube and then maybe a uh another uh area of business for us we're supporting uh ads and business products with designers that are both in menlo park new york a little all over the place so i would say i I think a a non-benefit to that and this was a little bit of the case when we're working on disney streaming with people in new york is like some of like the calls and the times for like their first early meetings are a little um Sometimes unpredictable, but I think much like yourself, I like to be able to help out during like the the uh, get get the kids out the door routine, uh, whether I I'm the the driver or not. The difficult part about it, like with the kids that are our age, is uh, unless you're in a um, unless you're a toddler uh, pre pre K that is like in a, a paid program. A lot of times it's half day, so then you have to go drop them off and then like. Two meetings later, three meetings later, you have to go and go and possibly do it again. So, uh, being remote definitely helped for that. I have the I feel like I have the flexibility to either I do drop off or pick up. I prefer I prefer the pickup because it's later, like in the day. I'm already kind of kind of settled. But I, I think it would be hard for me to work uh, work in office, especially with so many like of our design system teams and our like, distributed teams that meet quarterly. Or I, I would say, you really need to uh, give me a good. <laughs> unfortunately, you really need to give me a good reason to come. It's like the the analogy is like uh, uh, if it's like a uh, MLB like owners meeting, winter meetings. Okay, shit, everyone's gonna be there. All right, let's go and then meet and let's like you know have some drinks. Let's go like like uh, do uh, do work together. But if it's just meeting, just. Uh, just for the sake of like getting together socially, it's, it's a little harder because it does, it does become like, I think like the emotional part of it is like, um, especially cause I live, I live roughly two hours away from, from you with traffic. It could be like four hours. So then I'm spending four hours to drive into the office. I'm missing drop off. I'm missing pickup. I'm missing dinner. I'm missing all of these things. And then I, I, sometimes I just sit in the meetings, especially if I feel like it's a little, uh, it's churning sometimes. And like, I feel like it, it's not, the, the outcome isn't valid. I'd say, oh, I could be sitting in a park. <laughs> or I could, I could be uh, doing a pickup from school. And, and then I do really question me personally, the ROI of me having, having me there, sit there versus having me in a little window on the screen. Right, yeah. I mean, one thing that has come out of the whole um, uh, remote and hybrid or full-time in the office uh, model is the acceptance that talent really can come from anywhere. If, if I were to look at statistics before the pandemic, there was always the notion that New York City, San Francisco, LA, 
you know, being in those, these major city hubs where, where, um, where you would find the best design talent and that's changed. We've all had managers that, uh, had an idea that if you weren't at your desk, that meant you weren't working. And I think we've been able to prove that, that there are, there are production gains, uh, and advantages to the flexibility of being at home. I know that when I'm at home and I have a, a one or two hour block, I know that when I can blast the music as loud as I want and get into real focus time and get into the zone of designing or creating a deck or figuring out a, a document uh, or strategizing on uh, the next steps for an, an initiative. Heads down time and focus time is harder to come by when you're in the office, um, especially with the way office is set up. You know, it's been purposely studied, sometimes debunked, depending on what report you're reading about how open spaces actually can or cannot help with productivity. We all know colleagues who prefer to put on the headphones and not be bothered so that they can actually focus on their work. And I totally respect that. And I've, and I've been able to see really talented and productive colleagues be able to do great work from home because I, I can trust that they are managing their time and getting into the right brain space without all the distractions of people walking by and hearing side conversations. So all that to say that there's a way to exist uh, in the world. It all depends on the company that you work for and the function that you're doing and gaining the trust of your leadership team that you can carry on the work and, and do what you're, uh, being tasked to do, but you know, if you want to go above and beyond, there are ways to do that both remotely and in person as well. Yeah, have you, are you familiar with the um, the? To, I guess it's called the Pomodoro technique, the tomato timer. No, I'm not. Can you elaborate? Do you, do you recall that? So it's a timer. Like uh, I see a lot of engineers do this. It's a, a timer that's shaped as a tomato uh, with 25 minutes on it. So usually, what folks like to do is they create a, a task. Uh, they set the timer and they try to jam 25 minutes on the specific task. And uh, I think, like you said, just based on studies and um, the amount of time to, that you're able to capture from yourself, I feel like 25 minutes is a pretty good time to, to get started on something. So especially if you have like an hour, like what I would like to do is uh, try to jam on something for 25 minutes or so, really investigate, get to where I need to do go grab a sparkling water, go to the bathroom, and then try to finish out the hour on like uh, what I what I need to do uh, to get it to the, the next phase of my project. So a lot of times I'm working a lot in these 25-minute, 30-minute chunks. And I love that you mentioned focus time too. So like on, on our calendars at Meta, there's actually a, uh, you'd get a dialogue. So like if you uh, explicitly uh, book a meeting during someone's uh, two-hour focus time window, it would alert you and say, oh, you're actually breaking up this person's focus time. So they're, I think from just a design ops point of view or whoever, uh, uh, bless your heart, whoever created the calendar app, I think they're conscious of just making sure that designers, engineers, product owners have enough time to actually do do the do the work itself. So I love that you mentioned that. And Davey, this is why you and I connect on so many levels, because you mentioned 25 minutes. That's exactly the try to time the amount of time I try to carve out in my focus time, I use an app called Endel, um, where you can set a timer, but you can also select from a lot of really 
beautifully sounding, I guess they're called soundscapes, where you can choose uh, chill or deep focus or what are some of the other ones? Regular focus. I don't know what that means, uh, what the difference between deep focus and regular focus is. You can also choose uh, meditate or exercise. So, And the music is always seems to combine itself into a continuous loop. So you don't feel like the beginning or ending of the songs are noticed. But once it approaches that uh, 25-minute time limit or whatever time limit you set it to, you notice the music does start to tail off so that you can start to feel uh, subconsciously the unwinding happening. Um, and then you start wrapping up the tasks that you have. Another uh, a tip that I use is I do block out focus time uh, on my calendar, even if it's a 30-minute window between meetings or in those rare occasions where we're able to schedule a two-hour or four-hour focus time. Um, and then I, I put it in my to-do list of what I'm going to focus on on that time, uh, whether it's writing a doc or creating a deck or actually designing uh, and getting into the craft uh, portion of the work. And it does, it does give me excitement and, and an um, accomplishment in the day because uh, in the space that I'm in, also being there for colleagues and responding to their questions or managing multiple things uh, at a time is a part of the job um, in a very high complex and velocity space that we're in. But I do appreciate those times where I feel like I can actually control my time and make sure that I accomplish some of the bigger uh, initiatives that I'm trying to do uh, for the day. Yeah. The last thing I want to touch on is after hours. So like, uh, I, I know that, yeah, we, we operate in this. Uh, I don't even know how, like how long the real work week is. Cause, cause I'm remote. So it's not, it's not 40 hours. It's some, something more than that. But I do feel that um, because I, I'm remote and because I do uh, help out with uh, taking care of uh, kids throughout the day, Sometimes I like to come back and uh, try to really plan out uh, what the next day might look like. So usually in the past, uh, before children, uh, that typically only happened on Sundays. So Sundays after Game of Thrones, that was, that was a long ass time ago. But Sunday after the shows, I would uh, sort of plan out and try to get in my mind what I want to do. Uh, these days, I feel like similar with like the focus time, I, I, I do it even shorter timer. So this, this might sound nuts. 15 minutes. Set a timer for 15 minutes, I'll come up to the office and then I'll really try to uh, unblock something. And it's really, um, it may not be fully unblocking a, a task, but really setting up like, uh, oh, I'm going to work on this uh, color study tomorrow. Let me make sure to get all my files open. Let me make sure to get all my tickets ready. Or there, was there any correspondence? Let me try to like, like re-rack my brain, type some notes up there and then really get something sort of teed up. Uh, for me to hit out of the park the next day. And I used to, what I used to do, like my, my trick for this previously was like, if uh, my wife uh, was uh, bathing one of the children, I would come up, set the seven to 10, seven to 10 minute timer. And I knew that I had that time to jam, try to jam as fast as I can. Kind of, kind of crazy, but I uh, wanted to see what your thoughts were for like after hours work. For me, uh, over the past year, I've made a really conscious effort to separate my separate my work and my personal devices. Uh, so my work phone, my work tablet, obviously my work uh, laptop, all are hooked up to our email, calendar, uh, messages, 
any way to contact me. On my personal device, my personal phone, the only app I have connected to our work accounts is my to-do list app. And that's uh, so that if I think of something, I can quickly jot it down into this to-do list app. And then that's synced to all my work devices. So when I'm back into my work mode and looking at the screens where I'm, where I'm working, I remember it and then I can uh, figure out how to uh, action it or take next steps around it. That's really helped me um, avoid constantly checking phones or check, constantly checking uh, messages or seeing how random group chats are going. Um, sometimes, most of the time, those big group chats don't even pertain to anything I need to work on. So it's been able to help me clear my mind and focus on being there for my family and being there um, for myself as well and focus on my hobbies. The colleagues I work with that are really critical uh, partners um, to what I do, they have my personal cell phone number and they know that that's the, the fire drill or that's the the break glass moment when we need to get together and talk. But we, otherwise they know that that phone number is to say hi and for us to meet up somewhere so that we can uh, hang out. Um, but at least they know that they can reach me if something uh, dire was going on. Yeah, I think that's something that's very interesting for both Meta and Google is uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's promoted that I'm holding out my work phone. It's promoted that you have a a secondary device, not only for two-factor, that's like the safest way to two-factor, but all the work, all the work stuff is here. All the the bullshit is on my my other phone. Um, the actual space. So, like, even if I didn't have my own office and I had my own devices, having it having me uh, go some uh, to another room to have to access it, I feel like that's a good hurdle and that's a good barrier. Like the takeaway like that I always try to tell like um, my friends and family that that are working parents as well is like I, I think the work versus personal phone thing while having the work stuff on your phone is a, a, a great convenience I also just have notes and the notes thing is the only thing that's synced and exactly like spot on exactly what you said it's um, usually like I remember this week I wanted to add something to a review meeting and I just, I had it in my mind. Oh, I need to make sure that I did mention that I did X, Y, Z. So I just went in and typed that and then I put it down. That was it. Um, so keeping, keeping that separation is great. Uh, it does feel a little silly because I remember when I went to go uh, see you, I did have two phones. So that was a little wonky, um, holding two phones at one time. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. We're hitting over 30 minutes. We'll see how, how this uh, edits down. Uh, had a blast talking to you on this uh, pilot episode. So thanks again, Juan. And uh, yeah, let's chat again soon. Dude, this was so fun. I can't wait till the next one. 